6, 2021. This episode is called The Cup. There's two little words. The Cup. Now, a cup holds things, right? You know, like a beverage or a full things in it. Like pins, paper clips, buttons, pens, etc. But there's different kinds of cups in the Bible. Now, there's more than three, but the three I'm gonna focus on today, excuse me, are the cup of blessings, the cup of iniquity, and the cup of wrath. First, the cup of blessings. In Psalms 23 and 5, famous psalm, the New King James Version, so Psalms 23, 5 and 6, says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's one example of a couple of blessings. This one is Psalms 116, verse 12 and 13. Excuse me, I'm going to this from the NIV. <clears throat> What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Yes, sir. Read that again. Psalms 116, verse 12 and 13 from the NIV. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. All right, this one. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 to 8, the NIV. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks participation in the blood of Christ? Cup of thanksgiving, which we give thanks. Is that not is not the cup of thanksgiving by which we give thanks about participation in the blood of Christ. See, there are blessings given to us when we keep a heart of thanksgiving. There's definitely one way to get our prayers successfully answered, which is a blessing in itself. Just look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4. All right, on to, to the cup of iniquity. All the way back in Genesis, this is what God told Abraham. And he was yet to call Abram. This is Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 to 16 from the New King James. I'll wait till now to start yawning. Oh boy. All right, Genesis chapter 15, 
verses 13 to 16 from the New King James. Then he, God, then God said to Abram, who was Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. So he gave Abraham a heads up. And all of the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they will come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall re- in the fourth generation they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. The King James says the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. As you can see, God has a timeline for everything. The timeline for us, but he works in eternity. So to us, there's a timeline. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Man, what the Amorites are going to do in that land, they have to keep sinning to the point where, okay, after the fourth generation, I'm bringing you all back. So in this time, in this case, a generation was 100 years. Because he just said that uh, they're going to serve them 400 years. A generation is not 100 years anymore. It's about, it's about 40, 30 or 40. So, <clears throat> but at this time, when people lived a long time, a generation, this generation was going to be uh, 100 years. And so the whole thing was 400 years, the Jews were in slavery. That's why it's very important, and people miss this because they don't know the history, that blacks and Jews really have a parallel past, and they should be more inclined to be receptive of each other instead of hating each other. But they hate each other these days. It makes no sense. If they only knew that they shared slavery, I mean hard bondage. If they only knew they shared hard hard bondage, maybe they wouldn't be so mean to each other. All right. Here's St. Luke chapter 21, verse 24b. And NIV. Now we're still talking about the cup of iniquity. Jerusalem shall be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So once again, you see, you get the impression of a timeline that certain things have to happen before other things happen. So the time of the Gentiles has to be fulfilled. I mean, there's a certain amount of time for the Gentiles to wreak havoc on Israel. There's a certain amount of time for the Gentiles to come to Christ. There's a certain amount of time for the Gentiles to give them to give their lives to Christ. Because once it's fulfilled, that's it. And no Gentiles coming in. Alright, one more. 
In Revelation, somewhere around the 18th chapter or 17th chapter, it talks about the fallen Babylon. Now, John had to disguise who he was talking about, so he called it Babylon. Now, some say that it's Rome, Italy. Some say it's New York City or some other port city. Now, this foreign Babylon, who knows? Well, I almost say who knows? Somebody knows. But the reason they say it's Rome, Italy is because Rome, Italy is known as the city of a thousand, of seven hills, I think something like that. The city of seven hills. And the Bible says something about seven hills. And then, as bad as New York City is, people believe New York City is like Simon and Gomorrah. So they said New York City <laughs> might be might be the Babylon. I'm not gonna argue either way. I mean, personally, I think it is wrong, Italy, for a number of reasons, but they're too too intense to go into. But. Regardless, Babylon is going to fall. Just like the Bible said, wherever it is, whether it's Rome, whether it's New York, whether it's California, whether wherever it is, LA, LA, California, or, you know, Portland, Oregon, I'm just naming some places that are totally radical. I mean, wherever it is, but it is going to be a port city. So it's going to go where people come in. You know, it's going to be by the water. That much we know. And you can look in the Bible for that. Now, why do we need to talk about cups? Aren't they all bad? No. There's a cup of consolation. The cup of blessing, which we talked about. The cup of thanksgiving, which we talked about. However, by now you should know I believe in giving a balance. See, I'm not going to be legalistic, but at the same time, I'm not going to be inclusive of all faiths. See, that's the war of the world going on right now. Everybody jockeying for position. Especially the radicals against God. Some people believe all roads lead to heaven versus the crowd that says, let's get back to the basics. And that's versus the crowd that says, ah, oh, there's no God. So you get those three things going on primarily. And on top of all that, most of these people's ears, they're closed. They think that they're right, even though they have no written facts to back them up, unless they try to use the Bible. But you can be sure that the all roads lead to heaven people, and that there's no God people. You can be sure that they're not using the Bible. Even though, let's go back to the basic folks, sometimes take things from the Bible out of context. Thereby, they become legalistic and they turn people off. Amen. Let me 
Nevertheless, the right different types of cups. And this last one that we're going to talk about is where we're heading towards. But there's a way out of it that was made available approximately 2,000 years ago. That salvation that has been suffered and paid for by Jesus Christ going to the cross, dying and being resurrected according to the scriptures. Being resurrected the third day according to the scriptures. Now the purpose was to pay the world's sin debt that was on humanity's record from before and after the flood. Even after the flood, humanity wouldn't stop sinning throughout history. You know that. Between the sexual immorality, murders, practicing homosexuality, self-seeking people, greed, and anything else contrary to sound doctrine, God sent his own son slain from the foundation of the world to pay that impossible sin debt of humanity and grant all who came to Jesus with their whole heart everlasting life. The book of Revelation is finished. In front of me, you can see the wonderful ending for the saints and the not-so-wonderful ending for those whose names are not found written in the land for life. All right, let's go on to the Cup of Wrath. The Cup of Wrath. This Revelation chapter 14, verses 9b to 10a, but the NIV. If anyone worships the beast in the image, and receives his mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which is to import full strength into the cup of his wrath. Now, before I go on to the next one, my friend mentioned to me the other day that some people are not taking the vaccine because they think it's the mark of the beast. Folks, please calm down and read your Bible. Now, I'm, not, I'm saying this in love. I'm not saying this to be smart. I'm saying this seriously. Please calm down and read your Bible. Number one, the government did not issue the mark of the beast. Number two, the Antichrist has to be in power and he issues the mark. By that time, arguably, the saints are gone. Number three, the mark of the beast is some sort of a mark that goes on the forehead or on the hand. The current vaccine is a shot in the arm. Two different places. Three different places. You know, it's amazing how people who don't even believe the Bible seem to believe in the mark of the beast, though. And that's how all these government conspiracies about the mark spread around. If you don't even believe the Bible is the word of God, please stop trying to guess where it's coming from. You're not going to figure it out. 
that book, the Bible, that some people don't believe in, it tells you where it goes, who introduces it, and what happens to people who take it. Okay, more natural buzzing cups. It makes no sense. The Bible is telling you uh, where it goes, what part of the body goes on, who's the one that introduces it, and what happens to the people who take it. But people want to say, I don't believe the Bible. I think it's this. I think it's that. What you think doesn't matter. What I think doesn't matter is what it is. Now, Nahum, the book of Nahum, chapter 1, verse 2b, the NIV says, The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and vents his wrath against his enemies. Now, as you clearly tell you, if you're an enemy of God, it's talking to you. If you're not an enemy of God, it's not talking to you. A saint does not have the wrath of God on them. I'll tell you who does. Excuse me. St. John chapter 3, verse 36, from the New King James. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who did not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Okay, so now you know where the wrath of God is going. But God's a loving God. Now this is New Testament. And like I said, the book of Revelation is finished. So God still has a day of wrath coming. So yes, he's loving. But that doesn't mean he's going to excuse everybody. And that you don't have to worry about the book of Revelation. Or any other thing that says the wrath of God abides on those who don't believe. No, he's a loving God. But he hates sin. He always has hated sin. He always will hate sin. That does not change just because the culture of the world changes. It doesn't affect God at all. He's who he is, and that's it. Now here's Revelation chapter 6, verse 15 to 17 from the New King James. See, it, let me say this before I read that. <clears throat> Satan thinks he's so slick. He allows people to be so sensitive these days that they think any little bit of constructive criticism or helping you come to Christ is, is deemed as hate speech. Oh, you hate me? Oh, you can't stand me? Oh, that's why you need to be canceled? Oh, you can't stand Oh, you, you're so hateful? And people are not hateful. But see, in these last days, we have to be more stern than we were 50 years ago. If we're going to stand for Christ, we have to be more stern. Yes, that's going to sound rough to people. So people combat that by saying, you're so hateful, you say it's so mean, you're this and that. But the bottom line is we have to be radical, but we have to do it in love. And we hope that people will see it as love and stop seeing it, stop being so sensitive and seeing it as hate. Alright, just wanted to say that. Now, Revelation chapter 6, verse 15 to 17 from the New King James. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, 
the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the caves in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who was able to stand? Now that's the beginning of the tribulation. Some people may argue it's not, but it's after the forehoods of the apocalypse. <clears throat> so as you can see, a person's title is no longer important. All types of people look to hide themselves in the clefts of the mountains. It doesn't matter if they're rich or poor, a mighty person or the average Joe. When it's Jesus' turn to render justice, who can stand? Now, don't think I'm trying to render fear. I'm not. We're talking about cups, remember? And a balance is important when teaching from the Word of God. Everything in the Bible, including the New Testament, is not Skittles and ice cream and gummy bears. As my friend says, it's not a buffet line where we get to choose what goes on our plate. According to St. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, we have to live on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That includes the words of the words of Christ in red. If you have a Bible that has the words of Christ in red, you have to pay close attention to them. You know, as well as being justified by his blood, we thank God for being justified by his blood. That no matter what anybody says against us, God ain't God ain't paying no mind. Express the devil. Have you ever read the words of Christ and read? It's not all lovey-dovey, warm fuzzies, as we think. But through all those rough verses, it's good to know that his bride is going to press until they see his face. Real saints of God are not going to stop. They're going to go through. Oh, the saints will have plenty of afflictions, according to Psalm 34 and 19. But we have a hiding place, according to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Who else does humanity have left to trust in? Who's left? But this refusal to believe in God and the constant removal of godly things such as prayer, biblical principles being taught, or just about anything related to Jesus. This refusal has been prophesied by Jesus almost 2,000 years ago. So what are we to expect during this filling up of the cup of iniquity? Now, I didn't forget the cup of wrath, but since it's the last straw, We'll deal with this cup of iniquity first. Okay. Back to what to expect. Well, strange weather patterns that are going to break records. The banning of things viewed as hate speech, which will always be from the Bible. 
and preaching and biblical teachers, some of which are already experiencing this. Preaching and biblical teachers will no longer be able to speak against homosexuality, transgenderism, abortion, or anything else that is a hot topic without either being fined, jailed, have a confiscation of the church building that they occupy, and possibly even the loss of their home or the loss of their life. It's getting there. Also, what to expect? Well, expect more mass shootings, whether in a public place or in a school, or more cop shootings and racial shootings. Expect more talk of gun control. That's all they're gonna do is talk about gun control. And the earth, you know, weather-wise, the earth will seem to many as if it's eating itself. Now, no specific date, I don't get dates. But just keep living. It's going to be a time march marches on. Of course, during rough times, folks will only want to hear the cuts of blessings. But why are we in such rough times in the first place? Sin. And this keeps a cup of iniquity filling up. We'll be keeping going down the deep end. And we keep going down the deep end. That's what Williams is done doing. So, are you looking for the right politician? Hmm. Are you looking to save the oceans? Hmm. Are you looking forward to living on Mars? Hmm. Jesus wants people to look through the lens of his spirit, not through rose-colored glasses. It's fine to have ideas, but if they're not biblically sound and in the will of God, they're nothing more than ideas. Now, as bad as the world is and is getting, the cup of iniquity apparently is still not full yet. Because we keep going on and on and on. You think it should be over, but God is not yet. Well, one reason could be this. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 from the NIV. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some count slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Well, now, with all that's been said, it doesn't seem necessary to go over the cup of wrath. We already did. I think we got the message. All right, let's look for a couple of blessings from the Lord for our own life and for the life of others. We can't, however, ignore the other not so pleasant cups either. In our journey, it's important to let folks know what to avoid and what the consequences of a life of sin are. Remember the word of Christ in red 
are not all warm fuzzies and root beer floats. Jesus in all his loving ways was also tough. Throughout the cups of iniquity and wrath, you can see that in essence, we are characters on the stage of life. And the plans of God are going to get carried out with or without our cooperation. So once again, see the cup of blessings and don't be a party of the others. God bless you all. I have a smile upon you. We told us about three cups today. Once again, see the cup of blessings. And don't be a party of the others. Don't be a party of the cup of iniquity. And don't have don't help fill it up so that the cup of wrath comes on you. If you belong to Christ, you don't have to worry about the cup of wrath. But make sure you belong to Christ. Well say, well, how do I do that? Will you tell God you are now that you've broken his laws? Your sinner needs to come to Christ from your whole heart, not just from your lips. See, me personally, I don't like leading somebody and say, say these words. No, tell God in your own words that, that you're sorry from the inside. You want him to come into your life, change you, and let you follow him sincerely. And he'll do it for you. Because being saved is to change your heart. It's not the mechanical outside things of just uh, automatically you love everybody. They're not going to happen automatic. Yes, it's going to change you. You're going to see people in a different light. But there still might be somebody you got to pray a little hard about. Because God's interested in getting you to be like Him. And that doesn't happen overnight. But it does happen. Because you have to be like him before you leave here. Well, I keep going on and on, but God bless you. The cup. Seek the right cup, not the wrong cup. Stay encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen.